0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Faith Stories, Saints, Sinners, and Spicy Takes. I am your host, Rev. Kathleen McMurray, joined today by the wonderful Rev. Jay Clark.
1: Kathleen and I are both pastors at Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church in Little Rock, Arkansas. And we are so happy to be with you today on this second Faith Stories, spicy, spicy, spicy takes.
0: (laughs) Faith Stories is a podcast where we are taking a look at stories and people from history, good, bad, and ugly, and drawing out lessons for life and faith. We hope to learn some new things about history, have some fun and laughs, and discover deeper meaning for our faith. We hope that you will learn and discover uh, deeper meaning as well. So today we are talking about the great war hero and champion of the cross, Charlemagne, aka Charles the Great, aka Charles the First,
1: or Chuck, as <laughs> as we knew him back in the day.
0: So Jay, when did you first learn here about become familiar with old Chuck?
1: I, well, two different stories. <laughs> um, I, you know, learned about Charlemagne through uh, world history in uh, junior high I believe and uh, but then when I was in high school I did a production of the Stephen Schwartz musical Pippin yeah which uh, I wanted the part of Charlemagne but didn't get it I had to play <laughs> his son Louis and so uh, anyway uh, you know and with uh, all musical theater things I mean it is just a hint of truth in in the way that they developed that character but but there as i've seen in some of the research i've done you know there there are certainly some similarities
0: actually my experience is very similar to yours i mean i i knew of the name of charlemagne for sure but it was not until i was in a production of pippin in high school that i really did learn about him i was an overachiever so even though um, i was a featured dancer i did all sorts of uh really intense research about the history and yeah, similar to what you said, learned there's there's some truth and there's some liberties and um, it's a good musical. So, Jay, you are currently, though, playing Charlemagne in Pippin at the Argenta Theater. So your research has probably been, been even better. So why don't, why don't you give us some highlights?
1: The musical Pippin follows the life of, of Pippin, which was uh, Charlemagne's first son. In reality, uh, this first son, uh, born to Charlemagne's first wife, uh, was a hunchback. He was referred to as Pippin the Hunchback. Charlemagne really got around. I guess that's the spicy take on this one. <laughs> he had many wives and many children by other women as well. One of his wives he did have nine uh, children with, and one of those was Louis. But, so anyway, you take all these characters and you find the best ones and you put them in a musical and... <laughs> You know, I mean, who doesn't just start singing and dancing uh, when, you know, things get heightened in the world. But anyway, so Charlemagne is uh, trying to take over, uh, trying to uh, spread Christianity throughout the world, throughout the kingdom. And he's uh, been meeting with the Pope. That's all factual. He and the Pope were close. It was Pope Leo III, I think, that made Charlemagne the emperor. Of the Holy Roman yes, Empire, yes, and they hadn't had an emperor in three centuries. And rumor is that if Charlemagne had known the pope was going to do that, he would not have accepted it. I don't believe that, I th- because I think uh. he was kind of full of himself. But uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, he he ruled for almost 15 years, I guess, and then uh, and then he did the coronation of his son Louis. To take over from there. Okay. But yeah, so time wise, you know, Charlemagne was born in the 740s. Some say 742, somewhere around in there. Uh, He was king of the Franks first. He had a sword that was called uh, Joyous. And uh, you can s- see it at the at the Louvre, but they have it, and it was a coronation sword. But he wore it, it's said to have magical powers and mm. all this. Uh, you know, very remind me of Excalibur. Right. But uh, the the sword is there, and it's said to shine brighter than the sun, so it would blind the the people that it was coming toward. But he certainly um, thought that he was doing the lord's work yes by killing those who were non-christians and forcibly converting those who would who didn't want to die yeah so
0: yeah i i heard uh or read that he was called the father of europe and known for uniting europe which as you dig into that history seems to be a very nice spin on christianizing to the point of death
1: <clears throat> right yeah <laughs> yeah you know fun fact he also had an elephant i don't know where i don't know where that plays into he any of this had an he elephant. had an elephant i mean yeah. like
0: a pet elephant
1: yeah huh yeah. and i guess he would ride the elephant i don't know
0: well maybe that that goes back to that whole ego thing maybe right? like, yeah.
1: everybody needs to ride an elephant <laughs> at some point in time
0: if i can't get enough wives i'll just get an elephant
1: That'll, that'll make things Right. Better. You know, and uh, something else that our listeners should know is that, you know, the Holy Roman Empire at that time was uh, France and Germany and Northern Italy and in some of the low countries that are in, uh, it was really a Western piece of, uh, of Europe. And um, so that was his focus, so to speak.
0: So tell us a little bit about there's a there's a song in Pippin and we're not I know you said before we started recording that you didn't want to turn this into like
1: a musical theater a podcast musical theater
0: podcast but but
1: if you're interested please let us know
0: <laughs> but uh yes Jay and I both have a history a history with that uh clearly we were both in the musical Pippin but uh talk a little bit about there's a there's a song um and you've told me a little bit about uh, the song war is a science that's in the musical and I know it's been rewritten and revised. Um, talk, talk a little bit about that and, and about kind of the, the historical perspective of that idea of, of war um, and like what that looked like for Charlemagne.
1: Yeah, when, when Stephen Schwartz first wrote the musical, he wrote it in college uh, at Carnegie Mellon. And they were going to do it as a student theater production. And what when he kept working on it, he, he also has said that none of what was written in the late 60s made it to what eventually was on the stage in 1972. Okay. <clears throat> Bob Fosse directed it, mm-hmm. great choreographer and director. Really, when they started marketing the, the whole Pippin thing to community theaters and uh, regional theaters, a lot of the Fosse stuff didn't necessarily make it, but people have added it in as a you know, homage to, to Bob Fosse okay. and his particular style of dancing. <clears throat> War is a science is the song that uh, I mean it, it's the best song in the show, and not really, but I mean it, it is the most. I think it's the most fun. But <clears throat> he goes on; he's explaining to his troops what his style of battle is. <laughs> Charlemagne didn't have a formal education, but people, I mean, he he knew how to win these battles. And he would draw them out and, and could explain it. And, you know, there's this whole uh, verse around um, taking enfilade and defillade in mind. <laughs> and, you know, people are like, what's infillade and defillade? And it's like, you know, the number of people that you kill versus the number of people that are killed on okay. your side. so it, But the lyrics were changed in the 2013 revival, Broadway <laughs> revival. And they were so mean. The, the, the words were just so mean. So and I didn't like the words of of the new uh, What what do you mean by mean? Um well n- n- not to get political. Oh. <laughs> uh when when he rewrote the words it was um it was during the time of maybe the Iraq war. Okay. And so he used direct quotes from Donald Rumsfeld oh. in rewriting some of the lyrics. Okay. And so it really became more I mean you know, in uh, in the original, it was kind of, you know, Charlemagne sang it with a wink and a smile, and it wasn't just about, you know, ripping the guts out of somebody. Right. Uh, the new lyrics, I wish I'd brought a copy of them, but uh, uh, they they were just mean. And so I, I emailed Steve Schwartz, and I said, <laughs> uh, are you still satisfied with the the lyrics that you wrote, you know, for the revival? I would really like to use... The original lyrics and he wrote back and said it's not really as uh timely now as it was then oh wow and he said so you know you can mix and match the lyrics if you want just don't screw up the rhyme scheme (laughs) and i thought great you know and so that that that's been fun i i I, you know i found that i use the original lyrics because they're fun to sing i I i remembered it from when i did it 35 years ago right you know, and uh, there's a line that says, uh, When the foes see our soldiers marching through through the lee, they will mount a charge and meet us at the point I've labeled B. And the bowmen on the hill and yellow on the map will leave their post and join the rest and fall into our trap. And we'll cut off reinforcements and retreats of any kind, bearing principles of enfilade and defilade in mind.
0: Okay. And if
1: all the points we pick to really work to bring to pass occur... We won't have just a victory. We'll have ourselves a massacre, and it's really a a Gilbert and Sullivan type of. If you're familiar with uh, modern major general, you know, for from Gilbert and Sullivan, it's kind of a patter song. Mm -hmm. This whole song sets up Pippin going into battle. Okay, Uh, they win the battle, and of course they want to pillage and you know take everything and uh, have their way with dead bodies, uh, as was the custom Mm -hmm. uh, in war and Pippin finds out then that he really doesn't want to be a soldier.
0: And and I think that that's an important, when we think about Christendom and when we think about figures like Charlemagne, he was certainly not the only one that was part of the movement of Christendom that sought to convert through killing, massacring, conquering. And I think that the, that's an interesting kind of way that Stephen Schwartz kind of read that and brought that into the musical, a, a perspective that's less traditional, the glorification of Christendom in that way. And I don't think it's a spicy take necessarily now to say that um, that's not exactly a good way to right. do faith. <laughs> um, but but I think that... The, his evolution and his thinking through the lyrics of that song and the ideas of war as portrayed even in this fictional telling right. of Charlemagne is is a good example of how we evolve and think about things in a really messy history of Christianity, if we're being honest. There's
1: a really great book out called um, The Evangelism of Charlemagne. I just made that up it's, it's It really doesn't exist, but it be, it'd be a good uh it'd be a short book. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, there's also a line that uh, Charlemagne tells to his sons uh that kind of sums up who he is. He says, uh you know, the Pope and I have uh, said that we are going to spread Christianity throughout the kingdom, even if we have to kill every non-Christian to do it.
0: Mm. Wow. Do you think that even though we can agree mostly and this comes into our kind of so, you know, why should I care segment at the at the end of our podcasts um, as we're looking at history, as we're thinking about the evolution of our understanding of conversion and our kind of general acknowledgement that killing off people that aren't Christian so that we will have a 100 percent Christian state is not perhaps an actual christian way of going about things we can kind of agree on that but do you think that there are i think there's still complexities i guess what i'm trying to say in how we understand converting how we understand evangelism how we understand talking about christianity where we can maybe all agree that it's not good to kill people or at least many of us agree that it's not good to kill people, but, but that there's other levels of of the way that we just treat and understand and view people outside of Christianity that there's still a lot of work, I think, that needs to be done.
1: Right, And I think part of that goes to, you know, what is your worldview? Mm. Uh, we're located in Little Rock, but I grew up in a small town that, I mean, it was all Christian mm-hmm. houses of worship. Uh, you know, if, if you were Jewish or or Muslim, you had to drive 30 minutes to get to your place of worship, uh, and I did not grow up with anyone else outside the Christian faith. Right. Uh, of course, it was also a time in a small town that if you were to identify even uh, as a non-Christian, you know, it was even if you are an atheist, you know, right. or were not practicing, you know, you just didn't talk about it. You know, and then when you experience life with a lot of other people that are different than you, I've always thought that it just makes your life that much richer. Right. You know, because I've got a lot of friends who are different faiths and, you know, believe it or not, we find a lot of things we agree on. Sometimes we do talk about the things we disagree about and that's okay. Uh, They're not trying to change me and I'm not trying to change them. But, um, you know, I think there are more similarities than differences for a lot of us.
0: And I think one of the things that we know in our faith is or that that we profess to be Christian, at least profess to believe in is the power of humility Um, and that there's something to be said as we are listening to the stories, listening to the faith, listening to the beliefs of others, that we when we approach things with humility, I think that God and the Holy Spirit can open us up to new understandings. Of God and faith uh, when we listen with humility rather than than believing that we know what is right and uh, Believing that we always know what is right and that we would be better off if we were to conquer uh, in that way that that Charlemagne certainly did so is there anything else that you would like to share uh, with our audience as we kind of wrap up our time today, Jay? Tell us, tell us first of all, uh, where we can come and see Hello. Pippin, see Charlemagne in action.
1: It's the Argenta Community Theater in North Little Rock, Arkansas. And we run August 18th through the 28th. Uh, and uh, there's actually a gala performance on the 17th. Featuring the original leading player from Pippin, oh, uh, Ben Vereen will be in town uh, with awesome. us, so we're excited about that. And uh, uh, and you know, I mean, it, you can see clips of Pippin on on YouTube. It was filmed in uh, Ontario, uh, maybe 1980, with Ben Vereen as the uh, in the original cast, and John Rubinstein as Pippin, who he had played him on Broadway, and Martha Ray plays Bertha in okay. uh, in the film version. Okay. Anyway, well, again, awesome. if you're if you're interested in that musical theater podcast,
0: <laughs> let us know. But also let us know if you have other ideas for topics and persons that you'd like for us to discuss questions about history, about faith. Um we would love uh to yeah, to get your feedback and input as we continue to grow this podcast again. This is only the second time we've done this, and so We appreciate you listening. You can email us at podcast at phumc.com. And you can also follow our church and uh, ministries here and get lots of other food for thought at our Facebook page uh, for Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church and Instagram at hillcrest. Also, at the end of every uh, every session, um, we wanted to share a historical quote, and we'd love for you to send us some fun ones uh, to that email. But I wanted to share our historical quote for today. As we are filming this, um, we are finishing up the Olympics in Tokyo. And so as we are filming this, a historical quote that I came around that I just thought was beautiful and inspiring um, was from Mary Lou Retton, who I was absolutely obsessed with as a child. Uh, American gymnast in, and uh, 1984 gold medalist who said, as simple as it sounds, we must all try to be the best person we can by making the best choices, by making the most of the talents that we have been given. Um, and so I just, I thought that was really inspirational uh, as we move forward to the start of the school year, as we think about how we are to try and engage in the world and uh, as we as we think about that, I just thought it was really inspirational.
1: And you know, just uh, this is a whole nother podcast, but you know, good for you, uh, Simone Bowles.
0: Yes, Simone Biles. Yeah.
1: Biles and, and absolutely.
0: Um,
1: I mean, for that that quote re- reminds me that uh, you know people need to take care of themselves too. And, yes. Uh, yes. And so I was, you know, it's it was I, it had to have been hard for her to make that decision, but. I mean, she did what was best for her and what she thought was best for her team. Yes. And so kudos to her for for putting a spotlight on that and saying it's okay.
0: And supporting mental health. I mean, that's that's huge.
1: Faith Stories, Saints, Sinners, and Spicy Takes is brought to you by Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church in Little Rock. Our engineers are Jacob Nolan and Patrick Jones. Our producer is Michael McMurray. I'm Jay Clark.
0: I am Reverend Kathleen McMurray. See you back next month. Bye.